Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the grace that you have shown us in calling us close to your heart and including us in the final last day's harvest, in putting your name upon us, in not being ashamed of us because of our failures. In spite of our failures, you associate yourself with us by putting your name on us, making us your mm -hmm. own, and commissioning us with your own, your own powers, with your own resources. Mm -hmm. And the things that are associated with yes. your name, you've added to us to make us effective in fighting the onslaught of evil in the world and to preach Christ, whom you have appointed heir of all things. We pray in the name of Jesus Amen. that even as at his word, we shall truly grow into this commission that we shall be wise as serpents Amen. and harmless as doves. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You're all welcome, and thank you, Pastor Eugene. What a show. We all, we, we all need to practice it so that our lips will get used to it. Forgive. You know, when I'm sending a test, I don't even say Eugene again. I say MS. But now MS is gone. So... Rev, it still holds, it holds for you anytime, Rev, please. Amen. God Amen. is good. So I think we are going to follow... Bishop's cue from the Chalak service and the book that he mentioned is he says this book is going to have a lot of prophetic direction for our lives in 2021. Yeah. And the book is what it means to be wise as a serpent. That book, by the way, is part of the Makaro Sisti. Right. And um, the Makaro Sisti. Um, you might have heard that there was a promotion going on during the Christmas season. Today, I inquired about the promotion because Christmas is over. I purposely inquired whether this special deal will continue for a while. And I got the message that we have maybe 10 more days or so through, up until January 15th. It's been extended to January 15th. What is the promotion? Uh -huh. The promotion is that the Macaro CST normally costs 180, but if three, three people come together and they want to buy it, it comes to $360, which averages as $120 per copy. So um, basically, you, you, you get $60, $60 discount off of something that is $180, you get it for $120. Wow. So all you need to do is to, you need to smile really good, smile at somebody, and somebody smile at somebody, three people come together. Even if you don't like somebody, I think $60 will make you like somebody. 
<laughs> so that you can keep map. <laughs> keep map and get a discount. You know. So I just wanted to throw that in. But um, you know, one of the things I try to do is when I hear a topic and beyond even beyond the points listed in the topic, I try to think dive deeper into how the whole um, series of points even came about. Because if you look at the scripture in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, you know, this is the place where Jesus gave that uh, instruction, be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That statement was made in the midst of an apostolic commission. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, the Bible says we should rightly divide the word of truth. So Jesus made that statement at the time he was sending the 12 disciples to go and preach. So I, I decided to read the verses before the uh, verse 16. And I found out that it is in the context of the apostolic commission, okay. apostolic sent, that Christ has sent us as disciples into the world. And in sending us into the world to proclaim the message, it is within that context that he acknowledges and recognizes that the world is a wild place. In fact, if you were to read the whole verse, Matthew 10 and 16, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Hallelujah. So our nature our true nature, the nature of the Christian, the nature of the believer is the nature of sheep. Jesus Christ himself is called the Lamb of God. What does that signify? It signifies harmless obedience. It signifies the, the way the sheep defer to the shepherd. The sheep look at the shepherd and they follow the shepherd. It signifies a certain way of compliance, a certain way of dependence. So you will see that the imagery of the sheep is even going to be used by the Antichrist, the Antichrist, because the sheep is, um, you know, harmless in a sense and, and believable. So the scripture said that in the last days, the, he said, I saw another beast that came out of the sea and actually not the Antichrist, the Antichrist assistant, the false prophet. He said he will look like a sheep, but he will have certain other features like a dragon, which means that it will be a non-believer pretending to be a believer mm. and mislead the rest of the world. But that's another discussion for another day, the, right. the false prophet. But I want to show that Jesus recognizes the, the sheep nature may make the world take us for granted or may make the world um, feel that, okay, they are sheep. But he has to warn us that we are being sent among wolves. And you know, wolves and sheep don't play together. I mean, you put sheep and wolf in the same place, 
they are not going to have there will, there will be, be no haggings going on. Rather, there will be kebabs. They will turn, change the sheep into kebabs. So the wolves will attack the sheep. Nevertheless, keep in mind the danger that is out there is not is not a reason not to carry on with the commission. Somebody has forgotten that on Tuesday I'm teaching. Let me tell them, can I call you later? <laughs> All right. I'm going to spank the person because the person, the person came from among us, so they should know. <laughs> anyway, so um, Jesus is saying, I send you as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents. So, so because of the Father, you are as a sheep, carrying the message of the cross. The sheep represents, you know, the Bible says he was led to the slaughter like sheep. The message of the cross is the message of Christ. However, it is being proclaimed in a world full of wolves, ready to eat at the sheep, ready to silence the sheep, ready to make the sheep irrelevant. Therefore, a certain type of wisdom is needed to survive. Hallelujah. Amen. So I've said two things. I've said that the message of having the wisdom of the serpent, so that's my, I'm preaching from the book, what it means to be wise as a serpent. And I'm preaching from chapter one, which is the wisdom of serpents. Okay. And I'm saying that that verse is within the context of the apostolic commission. It is wow. not a verse that I just put out there for any place, but the fact that you and I as believers, we have been placed in the world and we have been sent to the world and the world is being described as wolves that means they are not going to be kind to us that means they are not going to necessarily embrace us nevertheless we have been sent to them so that's the world is wolves and then the people of god the believers the christians are described as sheep so you see the metaphors being used here you have wolves wild animals that eat up flesh and then you have sheep which is us but then Jesus then turns around and uses another animal metaphor to describe what we need to be to survive in this wolf-run world. He said you should be what? Wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. So you can connect the harmlessness of the doves to the sheep nature. So that one, Bishop spent a lot of time on that. But then Bishop emphasized that the wisdom of the serpent is going to be prophetic direction for us this year. And so I'm going to be preaching by the grace of God a series from that. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Are you following? Yes. Amen. So I, 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 wanna, I just wanted to set the foundation that it is in the context of who you are as a saint one. The way you look at your life changes if you understand that you've been sent to the world. Jesus Christ understood that the Father sent him from heaven to this world. That is why he was always in a hurry because he felt like he had to do something very quick and leave. It's like a student from the University of Ghana who has gone to London for a three months uh, uh, long vacation. Your mind is that I'm only here for three months. I need to, first of all, 
earn enough money yeah. to pay the plane ticket, which ticket. most likely you may have borrowed somebody's money <laughs> to buy the ticket, and then save for enough to buy the things you need for school, and then a little bit extra to buy the clothes and the things that you can use to impress people on campus. Yeah. So with this type of mindset, you, you, you don't waste time and you don't waste money on useless things. You, you go like this, quick, 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 yeah. you are done, you are off. Yeah. Now, we are in the world. We may not see ourselves as having been sent because we all grew up with the world. But the emphasis is on the fact that when we de determine to follow Christ, we denounce the world. We renounce the world. We, we said we will not let the world dictate to us what we should be. Now we take our orders from Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so now, coming back to the imagery of the serpent, first of all, Jesus was a master at using metaphors, images, and often he was not afraid to use um, certain, certain words that may be seen as a paradox or opposite to what most people think. So for instance, when Jesus was describing how he's going to come back into the world, he said, the coming of the Son of Man will be like a thief in the night. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So he's comparing himself to a thief. You see that, you see, a thief is not a good, a good example. Right. But in terms of how a thief comes unannounced, Jesus uses the image of a thief to describe how his coming will be. It will be unannounced. Right. It will not have a, you know how some of you might remember Y2K. When <laughs> the year 2000 was coming. Oh, yeah. And all the halabaloo about it and all the preparations. You know, consulting companies made a lot of money. Yeah. You know, in terms of making companies prepare. The coming of the Son of Man will not be like what you can. It will not be a date we are looking forward to and then prepare. So, so he used the image of a thief. Now, even though a thief is not a desirable, as a matter of fact, in John 10, 10, he said, the thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come to that you may have life and have it abundantly. So in John 10, 10, he contrasted the, 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 the nature of the thief with his own nature. But in another verse, he said, my coming will be like a thief in the night. Not that I am a thief or I'm like a thief, but the manner in which I will come is like a thief. Amen. 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 Now, when you go back to the Old Testament, I mean, you, you, when you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, the first, the first image of a serpent that we read of is a serpent came to trick Eve to sin against God, to disobey God. And Eve used her dazzling style to convince the husband to set aside the word of God and both of them fell in that day. So, the first time the serpent ar ar arrives in the Bible, the serpent is doing, uh, trying to set the word of God aside. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, so you see, one of the things I, I, I try to do, Pastor Eugene, is that 
when I read the scriptures, I try to confront the paradoxes and the contradictions. I remember when we were on campus, there was a lady who was running for SRC president. And uh, I remember her, her um, motto or the, the, the description of her campaign, the theme of her campaign. And they, they described her as, they said she's an enigma wrapped up in a mystery. An wow. enigma <laughs> in a mystery. I, I, I don't wow. remember whether she, she won or lost, but it, it, it's like it's like it's like you have to un, un, you have to un, un, unwrap un, unravel me to know what I what is inside me. Wow. Now, now, now why am I bringing that up? What I'm saying is that when you read the scriptures, anything pertaining to God that appears like an enigma, like something difficult to wrap your hand around, often there's a mystery behind it. And, and if you are willing to press into God, there's a revelation behind. And so I'm, I'm kind of impressed. This statement that the Lord Jesus made, the wisdom of the serpent, he just made that statement and moved on. But by the grace of God, our prophet has meditated on this scripture, right? And has come out, what is it about the serpent? What is it about the serpent? That Jesus, made Jesus say that we should learn from the serpent. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, when you read a scripture, when you hear a message, there is the main content of the message. And then there is also other things going around, which become something like, uh, um, it, it kind of sets certain things in place that if you can learn not only the content of the message, but the things around it, you can see that you expand, you expand in your wisdom and your knowledge. So you see, as I was meditating on one of the things that crossed my mind is that right from Genesis 3, the serpent is the enemy, right? The Bible said, I will put enmity between you and the woman. So the serpent is our enemy. Right. Is that not so? Yes. But if yes. Jesus said, we should be wise as serpents, <laughs> what I can get, this is what we call reading between the lines. It means that there comes a time that you can actually learn from your enemy. Yes, because yes. because the fact that somebody appears like your enemy does not mean there's not something also good that you can learn from, from the from you're the person. Preaching, you're preaching. Hallelujah. Preaching. So Amen. the serpent being our enemy, and if you see when you go all the way back to the Exodus, you see another image of the serpent. Hmm. When the people of Israel complained, the Bible said the Lord said sent serpents to bite them. Hmm. The complaining caused the Lord to send serpents to bite them. Once, and then whoever was beaten by the serpent, they were dying in their numbers. I mean, in that context, is the serpent still an enemy or is the serpent a friend? An enemy, no? Someone who bites you for you to die cannot be your friend. Amen. Oh, the man. serpent was still an enemy. And the people cried out to, 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 to Moses, to God, and, and the Lord said, whoever will repent, to show that they have repented, the Lord instructed Moses to make the image. Listen to this. I'm talking about an enigma wrapped up in a mystery. The contradictions and the paradoxes in the Bible. But whenever that happens, there's a mystery hidden in it. Mm. The Lord instructed Moses to, to make a bronze, a, a, a serpent uh, image or a serpent statue, if you like. If you remember the story. And, and then stand it up. Do you get it? Yeah. And he said, whoever 
who is beaten by one of those live serpents, if they would turn and look at the bronze serpent on the pole, they will live. Mm. So, 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 Brother Ishmael, you know, the serpent that is biting them, he's asking them to look at the same thing in order to be, to be saved. Mm. Like, if you lift up your eye to look at the serpent, mm -mm. that serpent that beat you, the image of that serpent is what is now going to save you. Wow. That's another contradiction. Do mm. you get it? Mm -hmm. Are you following? Yeah, that's right. What I'm trying to tell you is that the lessons from the Bible are sometimes it, it, it takes a certain <laughs> revelation to bring it out. And I'm, I'm doing all this to set to set in motion to set in motion the, the, the series of points we are going to cover. Because because whenever that thing that appears like a contradiction, like it doesn't make sense in the scriptures, there's often something hidden there for us. Mm. And I already gave you one, that you can see how you can learn from your enemy. Now, the other example I can give is that in the, in the book of Revelation, it says that the Antichrist and the false prophet, they will all give their power. They will all give their power to the Antichrist. And because they all give their power to one, they were united with so much power and they made a lot of evil in the world. So there's power in unity and the evil forces of the world seem to have discovered it. Mm. Do you get it? Yeah. So, so yeah. this thing has happened twice. In Genesis chapter 11, when the whole world came together to try and build a tower that reaches to the heavens, which some commentaries tell us that it was actually, um, what do you call it? A, a, a type of zodiac mystery tower they were building. It wasn't just an architectural feat. It was a spiritual affront to God to try and challenge God. But the Bible said, the Lord God said, go to, these people are one. And since they are one, they can, nothing can stop them. And the Lord, in order to divide them, in order to, to break their unity, the Lord confounded their languages. Hallelujah. So, so you could almost, for lack of, of a better expression, say that God felt threatened. Not that God can feel threatened, but as humans, we can use that word, that their unity was full of so much power, even though they were united for a bad purpose. That unity was full of so much potential that, that God had to break that unity apart. Yeah. Mm. So you can also use that as an example that these were people with a bad agenda, but you can still learn something from them. Yes. Amen. Unity amongst people. These yeah. people are not people of God or people pursuing God. So all this to set the foundation that the serpent as we know it, it's not our friend. Mm. But the but serpent the is an animal that we have been specifically told we can learn some things from. Yes. Amen. 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 Are you following? Yes. That's right. And Bishop talks about Bishop talks about some of the characteristics of the serpent that show that they have been successful. Bishop mentioned the fact that many animals are becoming extinct. Mm -hmm. becoming extinct like they are disappearing from the world mm. 
but the serpents keep on multiplying and you'll find a serpent on every continent. And so one of the things, if we place the instruction in the context of where Jesus said it, Jesus said it in the context of being sent out into the world, that yeah. Christians should not become, if we learn the wisdom of the serpent, we shouldn't become an extinct commodity. We shouldn't become Amen. an extinct species. Amen. Wow. We can, we, can, we can actually, you know, there's a nice English word called proliferation. Proliferation. Yeah. Wow. Like you multiply, you multiply in spite of what is happening. You are becoming more and more. Amen. But, but in an evil world, how do you do this in an evil world when they are against you? That is why the wisdom of the serpent is needed. Bishop, Bishop posed the question, do you not want the wisdom that will make you quietly accomplish all your goals in this life? Mm. Because the idea is you are doing things, but you are not doing it blatantly in a way that announces so much that you become so obvious to be attacked. If you want, mm. if you see an elephant, it's, over, it's out there, but a serpent is very, very difficult to find out. They know how to hide. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Amen. I remember Amen. one time, I think I was a 15 or 16. And I was getting ready to go to school. And um, a serpent, I went to the bathroom and a serpent was in the bathroom. <laughs> first of all, first of all. <laughs> Trouble. You see, the bathroom, there was a garden behind the bathroom. We had, mm. a, we had a home garden, sort of. And I, I mean, it's still a mystery how the serpent got into the bathroom. But the thing is that I had already taken off my clothes and I was about to shower and all that. And then I saw something swing like, like, a, like a, a spring of water mm -hmm. go in front of me. So I looked. <laughs> I looked up and, and the shower, I had yet to start the shower. So, so where could this be coming from? It's not coming from up. Then I looked down in the corner and that it was. My dear friend, uh. it was not, it was not a, 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 a serpent of the size of a, your, your, what do you call it? Your, 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 your earbud, no. no the... it, was, it, was, it was like this, it was like Oi. my wrist. It was hey. big. Wow. And um, so I quickly grabbed, you know, one of the clothes so that I would not come out like the way Adam came out. <laughs> <laughs> and I came out and then, and then, and then um, you know, at that time, my grandmother had come to visit us. Mm. And so, you know, we, we, we look for things to, to hit, right? Yeah. My dad was not around. I was the quote unquote, the man in the house. <laughs> My big brother was in boarding school at that time. But by the grace of God, I was able to kill the serpent. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was able to kill the serpent. And my grandmother said, she's so happy that this serpent is dead. Because if this serpent had beaten me, people would have said that this small time that she has come to visit us is when <laughs> she has come and, and she brought the serpent, the serpent from the village. <laughs> you know? 
and, and so I have had my own brush with, with dealing with the serpent. If that was not the only one. We had uh, uh, what do you call it? coconut. We, we had a nice garden. We had a coconut uh, uh, plant in our house. One day, a, a serpent was comfortably lying on top of the of, of the of the of the among the tree, and its color was the same color as the branches. Wow! So it was lying there, dreaming, dreaming, and having Enjoying visions the and sun. things. Until one day, the Lord showed. So you see, serpents. Nobody knows how long it was there, mm. but. To have the wisdom of serpents is an admonition to know how to live and survive and be effective at what you've been sent to do. Amen. Amen. So seven reasons why serpents are considered wise. Serpents are considered to be wise because they have multiplied and flourished more than any other wild animal. They have, they have multiplied and flourished more than any other wild animal. Number two, serpents are considered to be wise because they have continued to exist in an ever-modernizing world. You will notice that many wild animals are becoming extinct in our modern world. Amen. Amen. Number three, serpents are considered to be wise because they have been able to flourish even though they are hated by everyone. Man. Now, in the early days of the church, you see, sometimes people, people talk about how we live in a, a very evil world. People talk about, you know, the good old days. People talk about how this world is very terrible. Every, this is what I'll tell you. Every era had their evils and devils to deal with. Yes. Amen. Amen. One of the Amen. things you should never, one of the things you should never wish for yourself. Maybe, uh, maybe three or four things I can say. Number one, never wish you were born something else. Mm. If you are a man, never wish you were born a woman. If you're a woman, never wish you were born a man. You have no uh. idea what the other people are going through, which it may seem easy for you, but it, it is not. Uh. Number two, never wish I was born, let's say you are a black person, you wish you were born a, a Caucasian from, from Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know a certain president uh, from a country whose name begins one of the letters of the alphabet, when they were making uh, anti-immigration laws, he made a statement. He said that you want, you want Swedish people to come here. <laughs> Swedish people, you see? But you, you, it's like, one of the things that you should learn is that never wish to, somebody, to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. You shouldn't Amen. wish to be somebody else. Don't wish to have a different color. If you are, if you are a light-skinned, like it if you are dark skinned like it. it never wish that i wish i was born okay if you want to give birth to me as a black person at least give birth to me in a developed country no yeah, sure. <laughs> mm. there is a reason there is a reason for who god chose to be your parents and amen. the place where you were born amen. because amen. it is all part of who you are mm. man you there are some many things in life many things in life 
It may seem valueless and it may seem hurtful, but it will surprise you that because it has contributed to make who you are, there is a certain instinct and there's a certain reaction and responsiveness that you have that will not be the same thing if you were born somewhere else or you're born to different parents. Mm. And everything that you are, God can use it for his purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes. Amen. 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 And so when we talk Amen. about the church, there are some who say, I wish I was born at the time of the apostles. Mm -hmm. If only I was born at the time Jesus was walking the planet, I wish I was there to see Jesus feeding the 5,000, to see Jesus in the River Jordan, to see Jesus. You have no idea. You might have been one of the chief of the Pharisees. <laughs> you might have been one of the people who would have actually said crucify him. Crucify him. <laughs> God knows that if you were born at that time, maybe you couldn't have, you, you would have been, you actually have been Judas' assistant. Who knows? Mm, okay. You have no idea. Continue. The first century church, they had their own evils that they were dealing with. Do mm. watch church history, if you study history, every era, every era thinks that their time is the worst of times. Mm. And it's, if you look at technology, I mean, I won't lie to you. We all know technology has been far advanced now. Yeah. Such that it is easy now to propagate, to propagate um, evil faster because of technology amen. Amen. amen but by the same token also because of technology also certain evils are brought out faster than it used to be whereas in the past people were doing a lot of evils which no one knew about because it will take a while before something comes out are you following yes mm -hmm. what's my point my point is that we may think we have a very difficult world to live in as the sheep of Christ or people who have been sent by Christ. But I want to take your mind back to the days of the apostles. They didn't have it easy. They did not have, they did not have internet. Mm. They did not have cell phones. They did not have, um, what do you call it? A fast, fast speed trains. They did not have aeroplanes. And yet, when you go to um, Acts chapter 17, let's go to Acts chapter 17. Because you see, in order to apply the wisdom of the serpent to our lives, we need to look at the context once again. We are sent ones, we are disciples. Because if he says that, if he says that um, serpents are considered to be one because they have continued to exist, so also Christi Christianity and Christians. We must find a way. Oh, did I say numbers? I meant to say Acts. Yeah. Acts 17. Yeah. yeah. Acts 17. When they had passed through Amphipolis. Now, if you know the history, right? Acts 15 is when Paul and the, his assistants went to Jerusalem, the first Christian council, the first, um, you know, council of the church leaders is Acts 15. That's where they decided, they decided, um, you know, what should we tell the Gentile believers? Should we today eat the same thing that Jewish people eat? Don't eat this, eat this. Uh, what are the, how, how do we differentiate between Gentile Christians and non-Gentile Christians? Acts 15 is the Apostolic Council. Acts 16, okay? 
Acts 16 is when, you know, Paul, they were sent on the journey, right? They were okay. sent on the journey, like the, the missionary journey, the second one, that Paul and, and, and the disciples got on, okay? By the time you got to Acts 17, because it's Acts 16, um, uh, Acts 17 is uh, somewhere in there, you, 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 you discover that they had left the, the previous place, Philippi. Acts 16 is where they were beaten. Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown in jail. Acts chapter 16. Do you get it? And then mm -hmm. Acts 17, coming from um, uh, um, Philippi, then they come to Thessalonica. Do you get it? So they passed through. So, so I want to put it in context for you. Um, Paul was trying to preach in Asia, and the Bible said the Spirit of the Lord, uh, he had a vision, you know, that uh, somebody from Macedonia said, come over to Macedonia and help us. So he, they go to Macedonia, which is a region, and Philippi is a city in Macedonia. So they preach in Philippi. Do you get it? And Paul and Silas were thrown in jail in Philippi. They were released in Philippi, Acts 16. Um, they were released. Paul said, if you are releasing us, don't release us privately. Mm. <laughs> you condemn us and disgrace us uh, uh, publicly and you want to release us privately. So that means that sometimes if you are a Christian, it doesn't mean you cannot insist on your rights too. <laughs> so mm. Paul, Paul, Paul told them, look, bring us before that. Let the magistrate come and get us from prison and let the people know that we were innocent. So mm. they, they released them. Okay. And, and, and then from there, Paul continues to Thessalonica. When they got to Thessalonica, uh, in, in Acts 17, this is what happens. They came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Okay, continue. You see, one of the ways to understand the epistles is to read, read the book of Acts. If you read Acts, you know when the church, how the church of Thessalonica was founded, how the church of Philippians was founded, how the church of Corinth was founded. You, you, you will be able to make the connections. So as his custom was, he went into them to the synagogue and for three Sabbaths, which means three weeks, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. Paul was preaching in the Jewish synagogue, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. Amen. Right? And some of them were persuaded. It's always like that. It's always like that. There are some who receive the message and there are some who reject the message. But unless you preach, you wouldn't know who, who would have received it. Amen. Mm. Amen. You see, I am trying to place this being wise as serpents in the context of our apostolic commission, Dr. Ishmael. It is, it is an apostolic commission. Within this commission, we have to act wisely. We have to act knowing that we are sent to an evil world that will not receive our message, but we still need to go. But we need to act as as as, as serpents. Amen. Do us as serpents. He says some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, they joined Paul and Silas. Okay, but the Jews, listen to this: the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, and. Gathering a mob, they set all the city in an uproar. This is this is the Salonica, and mm. they attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. So it appears from this verse that 
perhaps you can read into it that Paul and Silas were staying in the house of Jason. Do you, do you, do you see that? Right. So Jason was the host. And mm. the people, the Jewish people who didn't receive the message, they were jealous of a following that Paul and Silas are raising. And so now they sought, they attacked Jason's house. But when they did it, they did not find them. So somehow Jason was able to sneak Paul and Silas out through the back door. Yeah. You get mm. it. When they didn't find Paul and Silas, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren to the rulers of the synagogue, crying out, listen to this, listen to this. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Mm. Pause here for a moment. Okay. Now, now, Ishmael, this verse, it challenges me. Mm. It challenges me because even though the context in which this verse was said was a negative connotation yes. that, that they are reporting Paul and Silas that they have brought their bad behavior to town. Mm. But you and I on the side of Christ know that they were working for Christ. They were spreading the gospel mm. and the expression that was used of these disciples who were working in an who were working in this pagan Roman world, they would describe them as they have turned the world upside down. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Did they have, did they own a, a what do you call it, a, a, a broadcasting station? Did they own, did, did these Christians own the main, did they own a newspaper like no. Jerusalem Times? Or no. Roman Roman dispatch? No, they did not. If you are, if you, who were the powers that be in those days? We are talking about imperial Rome, imperial Rome. I mean, you need to read history a bit to learn about Rome, and and Rome will show you where power lies. Wow. I mean, one of the things that is puzzling, Ishmael, is that. You know, if if you think Jesus is innocent, Pontius Pilate, even the spanking, why did you have to go and beat him? Send him mm. to be beaten. Mm. Do you get it? Yeah, that's right. They they beat you so that you become weak, so that it will succumb you, so that you will learn how to how to respect the the powers that be. <laughs> that was Rome. Are you following? Yes. What I'm telling right. you is that the things that the apostles faced, we are not nowhere near it. In mm. fact, there are some regions in the world that face that, but not in the United States. Amen. We are not, we are not undergoing any persecution. Uh-uh. It will come one day. It will come. But what I'm saying is that the opposition they had, I mean, today, if somebody goes to prison, you can be in prison and get a degree out of prison. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Free. Did, did you know that? You, yeah. you, 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 can, you can be taking courses. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that is no reason why you should want to be in prison. <laughs> <laughs> but you, 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 you have a, um, what do you call it? A, An option. Certain, you have certain privileges. You, <clears throat> I mean, you can watch TV. I mean, of course, there are, there are different levels of prison, but I'm saying that 
to be thrown in a Philippian jail mm. is not the same as being in a prison in today's world. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Many of the amenities of love have not yet been made. Mm. I mean, you could be in a Philippian jail in the middle of the night and something will be licking your lip. You open your mouth, it's a, it's, it's a rat. <laughs> or nibble on your toes. Yeah. This yeah. is the Mediterranean world full of difficulties that they were sent to. But they were described as the people who have turned the world upside down. Wow. Many of the people were doing these things. The church, many of the churches were run out of people's homes. Today we are in a lockdown state, but by the grace of God, we are meeting. Don't be too impressed. Bishop talked about mind not heightened all that time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see, we have built cathedrals, and I have nothing against buildings. But what I'm saying is that the purpose of the building is to congregate people to rally and advance the cause of God. But what yeah. is the purpose of having big cathedrals which have become only a tourist attraction. In fact, there is one of those cathedrals in Europe where they, are, they have hung a casket in the ceiling. Yeah. I think it's, is it in Cologne? I think it's in Cologne. Yeah. They have hung a casket on the ceiling. Wow. And within the casket, nah, nah. supposedly, the bones of the three wise men. Wow. And it's a major tourist attraction that people go and watch. Mm. What I'm trying to tell you is that when we are told to be wise as serpents in this evil world, it is like, in what way can we multiply the Christian message? In what way can we multiply our Christianity? Instead of being extinct, how can we wisely, but quietly and subtly continue to proliferate continue to multiply the Christian lifestyle in a world which is more and more becoming antagonistic, opposed to our values and opposed to our, 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 our teachings. Uh. Today we have the internet. We have many different ways. Serpents are considered to be wild because they have been able to flourish even though they are hated by everyone. This then is our commission. The wisdom of the serpent is how does the serpent do this and how can we apply it to our lives as Christians so that it will be said of us that people who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Some mm -hmm. reasons why serpents are considered wise. Number four, serpents are considered to be wise because they evoke fear and respect in human beings. Human beings do not fear and respect many animals, but they fear and respect snakes. So now this piece about power, right? Bishop spoke about inner power. The church of Jesus Christ, even though the world may not respect us, we are aligned to the power of heaven. Amen. And Pastor Eugene, my hunger and my test is that the people of God can take on and believe and wait on God till we are filled with his power from on high. Amen. So that the next time somebody is writing a script for Hollywood mm. and there's a role for a Christian in the script mm. or a role for a pastor in the script, they will think twice before they make 
that role for the pastor or the Christian a joker. Mm. A lot mm. of the things on TV, a Christian or a pastor is like they always paint it in a negative way. Yeah. yeah. Because the church, they see the church as powerless. Yeah. yeah. Look, I will not lie to you. Somebody sent me a video of somebody praying at the at the uh, uh, inauguration of the of the con Congress. Yeah. And this person, supposedly a Christian minister, after he finished his message, he ended by a man and a woman. Wow. <laughs> what type of nonsense is that? <laughs> Amen is not a gender word. Uh, it's not a gender. Uh, 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 I don't know. I don't know how, how to say. It. Yeah. It's, like, it's like we are capitulating to the culture too much because of political correctness. Wow. Uh, amen and a woman. I, I don't know why he, he used singular. Woman one was singular. Yeah. Amen and an a woman. If uh, his grammar was wrong, if you want to be politically correct, then make your grammar. It should be amen and a woman. Gender is wrong. He got the theology wrong. He got his <laughs> his his demeanor. Everything <laughs> at the beginning, everything was fine. And then he also said, "God, the God of Brahma, the God of this, who is called by many names." This is the political correctness message. Uh, Look, we are not saying we should get a gong gong and go and beat somebody <laughs> up on high street. Uh, but what I'm saying is that. It is time for the church of God to become full of inner power, like Bishop said, yeah. inner power. That, sure. that, that, that it will not be it will not be so easy for people to just blatantly do whatever they like, just like that. Amen. The serpents evoke fear. But now Christians are seen as a joke. Uh. I was I was talking to one brother the other day. I was talking to one brother the other day, and I was telling him that be careful of what you say with your mouth because there's power in your mouth. Wow. And and then I was saying that I was saying that you know how Elisha, some little children went to laugh at Elisha. They were laughing at his his uh, uh, bald hair. Uh. If you know that story, it's one of the saddest stories. When I whenever I read it, I'm sad because, I mean. I, I feel that, I don't know, I don't know the whole story, but I feel that Elisha should have been a little bit, uh, what do you call it, patient. Compassionate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, if, if you're, yeah, you know, you know that they, 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 were, they were selling something on TV the other day about her, uh, you know, like uh, maybe back in Elisha's day, they were not selling uh, things to improve your hair. But even the improvement <laughs> of hair aside, even if you've tried every remedy and it hasn't worked, and children are laughing at you, Elisha says something, and the dogs want to eat the children. I mean, it's very sad. And I was saying that maybe he had. You see, that that's where that's where the prophetic temperament comes in. That there is also an element of restraint. That mm. that as a believer, what you wish and say. You must know that there's power in it. But because yeah. we have lost so much of the power of what we, we, we are here for, the world doesn't take us uh, serious. We, we are a joke. Yeah. Do you get it? But what I'm saying is that even when we have the power, it does not mean, it does not mean that we should rapidly use it. But at yeah. least, when somebody pushes to a certain point, then they will see something. Yeah. 
Mm. You get it. You get it. And, 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 and the world is about to see that because there is an emerging generation of God lovers who are filled with both the love of God and the power of God. There's an emerging generation of the Elijah company, the Moses company, Amen. as described in, described in uh, Revelation chapter 11. Hallelujah. Amen. Serpents evoke fear. It is time for us to, to evoke some honor and some respect that we are servants of the Most High God. Man. If you are a Christian and you are at your workplace, you shouldn't be ashamed about it. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't feel like you are you are dis disadvantaged. There, there may be disadvantage naturally, but you must know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Yes. Serpents are considered to be wise because of their ability to live in every continent and every part of the world. If we are going to be wise as serpents, it means as Christians, we must know how to survive in every continent of the world. Amen. Every part of the world. That we are, do you know the Chinese Christians, the China church, the Christian body in China has existed in communist China underground for years. Yeah. Mm. They may not be on TBN, my dear Christian friend, but you'll be surprised in the day Christ comes. The people and the ministries who are doing a lot, they may not be the names you know, but they are Quietly and underground. Some of them, all they have is one page of the New Testament. They don't have any other, any other book. Wow. But they are doing great things because they are wise as serpents. Amen. Serpents are considered to be wise because of their ability to function in every sphere on land, in the sea, in fresh water, and even in the sea, in the air. Hmm. Serpents are considered to be wise because of their ability to accomplish their goals in this world. Nice. In spite of all the odds stuck against the snake, they are able to live, eat, and multiply. Amen. To be wise, you must think, meditate, and ponder over fast truths and statements. You cannot just gloss over deep saying that means so much. Mm. When Jesus said, be wise as serpent, he was given a dark saying, a saying that is full of wisdom, meaning, and guidance. So as I end my message, the whole purpose is that it is placed in the context of how you and I have been sent to the world. Amen. The world doesn't like Christians, but we have to find ways and means to survive. Amen. And we have to be strong in our convictions, and we have to prevail against all the odds. And we have to keep our message relevant and not allow it to become extinct. Amen. And we shouldn't change the word of God because of political correctness and talk about amen and a, -A woman. A woman. Oh. If we do that, forget a joke. Human being, God a human us. being. What a show, man. Amen. 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 Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we need your help yes. to remain true to your commission. We pray that you help us to continue on this path and not be diluted by this polluted world in the name of Jesus. Let's bring out an offering unto the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you. We place our offerings in the basket of heaven, joining our money with your money, believing Amen. that as we do that, our resources are commingled with yours to the Amen. praise and glory of your name through Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.